Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 178. We're recording this live early Saturday morning. That's April 19th, 2014, also known as Record Store Day. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. I suppose to see if I should also say that it's like long weekend, Easter weekend. Is that the priority? It, here? it is. It yeah. is. But but you know, Rob, just just because I happen to have some vinyl right here, you know. So so look I, at I, the I vinyl. Out a record, you know, for, for those old school folks that you know just need to find a record store. How do you? Where do you put that? Where do you, what, what do you what do you do with that thing? Hey man, it's the best of bread, right it's here. It's the best of bread. Well, the reason I brought it up is that I'm wearing uh, like I'm wearing my uh, good old uh, Bruce Springsteen uh, shirt because uh, Springsteen has put out a four-song uh, EP called American Beauty. You can go into your record store right now and get it. I, of course, have already listened to it digitally, and it is stupendous. But the man oh, yeah. could do no wrong in my eyes. So, uh, obviously, the voice you hear on the other side of this is on the other side of the world, basically in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association. Yes. Asif, how's your Easter going so far, your Easter weekend? It's good. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, other than I'm still not feeling well, but uh, it's it's good. It's, uh, you know, I got uh, kids sleeping over. I got, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff happening. So it's yeah. good. I have a theory about why you got sick is that you're, you're actually uh, in taking too much uh, real breathable, non-filtered, natural air. Because typically you're on the road, right? So you get used to the um, the airplane air, which is filtered and maybe not so fresh. But then now you've been home for a little bit of time, right? So more so than not. I know, I gotta just be on the road more, is that it? That's it. It's like when, yeah. I, quit, when I quit smoking back in the day, um, I never got sick before I quit smoking. And then I got sick all the time after I quit smoking. What does that tell you about the uh, smoking? It purifies and maybe petrifies your body. Anyways, that's that's my theory. All right. We've got a great show coming up. Our top 10 stories, of course, we're going to dive into three of those great resources of the week. Uh, we also have uh, a number of events that are coming up in the next little while that we want to draw your attention to. So, Asif, what's going on with the LBMA? Well, uh, mo most, uh, or the soonest, I guess, is April 24th at 2 p.m. We have a webinar that we're doing together with a group called Log My Calls and basically looking at location and call analytics and uh, you know, driving traffic via phone uh, to uh, to a lot of these retailers and merchants. So that's 24th at 2 p.m. Um, and you can sign up for that at logmycalls.com. And uh, and then on June, uh, sorry, not June, May, May the 7th uh, in New York City, our next New York chapter event, uh, Luxury Meets Location. So a great panel. We're looking at luxury retail, obviously, in New York. What better place to do it than that? Um, and, and how mobile and locations coming together with that. So... Uh, we've got some new data, some new research that's going to be presented there from McCann. Uh, we've got uh, Sonic Notify involved with that. Uh, it should be a good discussion as well. And then the following week um, is uh, the Solomo Summit. Uh, that's in uh, in Madrid on the 13th. Um, so I'll be over for that. And huge, huge uh, event. Looks like we're going to have five, 600 people out uh, for, for that event. A uh, lot of great brands, a lot of great tech coming over. Uh, to see what's going on in the Spanish market. I love it. Oh, so, and maybe the weather will be good there. I have uh, I have a couple of stops on uh, on for me coming up. Uh, I'm going to be in Las Vegas on this coming April 26th. That's next Saturday. I'm speaking at BuzzCon. I can't wait to do this. Um, BuzzTouch is a company that I've interviewed on on Tether.tv, and they do an annual user conference, and they've asked me to come down and speak in Vegas. Anything to escape the uh, dreary spring. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to this. Got some major announcements, and I'll be talking on Saturday morning. So if you're around, uh, please, why don't you reach out, Robert on Tether.tv. If you want to connect while I'm in Vegas, I'm there for the shortest amount of time possible, unfortunately. Uh, I guess um, I'm not trusted in Vegas to not blow my entire stack of cash. So uh, that's in BuzzCon. And then later in May, May 22nd, I'm going to be over there in the Europe. I'm going to be speaking at Mobile Convention Amsterdam on uh, May 22nd. I'm going to be talking about mobile commerce and the trends that we're seeing in mobile commerce. And I can't wait to do that. I'm very excited about getting over to Amsterdam. I have Dutch heritage in me, my I have family in Amsterdam, so I'm, I'm ecstatic to, to be there. Uh, so that is May 22nd. That's it. That's it for me. So let's uh, let's get on with, with this show. Noble Mobile Minute uh, this time around. 
Uh, but we are going to uh, maybe bring that back in a little bit longer. But uh, you can always subscribe to the Mobile Minute on Untether.tv, five of them a week. Uh, we, I just don't want to do duplication. I got a, I did a survey for Untether.tv, and a lot of people came back and said, listen, I, I get enough of the Mobile Minute because I get it five times a week. You don't need to bring it into this week in location-based marketing. Heard? Got it. Just trying to provide some value. Didn't know there was so much crossover. So uh, if you want the Mobile Minute, go to Untether.tv and subscribe to it. And it'll be there five times a week in your inbox. So what do you say? Let's jump into these stories, Asif. Sounds like a plan. All right. So our first story comes from uh, that wily marketing veteran known as Coca-Cola. Um, and uh, yeah, so they're gearing up. Uh, you know, these guys are involved with every major sporting event, I think, on the planet. Uh, and obviously, one of the biggest is coming up this summer in the World Cup uh, in Brazil. And so as Coke has done over and over again with, uh, you know, all the sporting events that they get involved in, they create these special edition uh, bottles, collector's bottles. Uh, and these bottles don't usually have any actual Coke in them. They're just, you know, special collector bottles. And these ones are a little bit different. Um, so there's 18 uh, of these little mini bottles that they've created. And there's an app that you can download. And then basically uh, the, sort of the designs of these bottles represent um, countries of the past and of the future that are going to be hosting World Cups. So you've got you know, markets like Qatar and Russia that are coming up and Brazil obviously this year and, and previous hosts like Argentina and Japan. But what's neat about this is, is that um, you know, through, the, through these apps, uh, through augmented reality almost, you can, you can create, um, you can scan these bottles and then you can create little messages uh, and then anyone who has these other, you know, the bottles, like the same one that you've got, can see these messages, and you can share messages through bottles. So it's kind of like, you know, you know how like you know you put a message in a bottle uh, and you and you throw it in the water and it shows up on some other coast and somebody discovers this. This is like a digital version of real time message sharing through World Cup mini bottles. Forget screens, just use bottles. Yeah, amazing. Bottle is your screen. <laughs> Coca Cola. My goodness. All right, our second story is actually two stories in one. We're going to get, kind of do a quick rundown of some funding and an acquisition. The first one is a company called Jasper. It's, uh, they call themselves the on-switch for the Internet of Things. They've raised $50 million, pushing their valuation to over a billion dollars. Companies raised $205 million since their formation in 2004. Now, there's software that, they, that they've built enables objects of all types to communicate. Uh, the money was raised by, uh, from Singapore-based Tamasek. Uh, and uh, it's it's crazy. This Internet of Things is here to stay. Uh, an example of a company that uses it, Garmin, for example, uh, uses Jasper to manage the devices for businesses that have small fleets of trucks. And Alarm.com uses Jasper to control the security systems uh, it sells to residents. Uh, you can check out some more information about them at Jasper.com. The second story is an acquisition. Twitter uh, bought a company called, it's, it's Nip or Gnip? I'm, I'm going to go Gnip, with, yeah, Gnip. Uh, this is a long-time partner um, of uh, Twitter. Basically, the company is a, really the only company that provides uh, and sells the social data that Twitter has, uh, you know, this firehose of data that Twitter has. And uh, they sell not only the firehose and uh, analytics and the data, as well as the full historical archive of public tweets. This acquisition follows on other analytics companies that Twitter has acquired, including social TV firm Bluefin Labs and real-time data company Locomatics. Uh, the significance of this, twofold. Data licensing revenue for Twitter was up 80% over the last year and accounts for nearly 10% of the company's revenue. And this data, as we've said many times before, is gold for companies that need to make marketing decision around location and obviously around context. So those are the two stories. Jasper raises $50 million and Twitter buys Gnip. Okay, so our third story uh, is about uh, kind of a blast from the past. Uh, you might remember uh, several years ago, kind of when we first started this show, one of the, one of the companies that was on the, on the horizon was a company called Gowalla, led by uh, Josh Williams. And uh, Gowalla did quite well for a little while and then was acquired by Facebook. And Josh and his team have been working hard inside of the Facebook uh, group trying to help them with their location offerings. So last summer, Josh left uh, and founded something called the Last Guide Company, uh, along with uh, Dropbox and Facebook designer Adam Mikola. And so the two of these guys have been working at this, and they've, they've shortened it, the name down to Last, uh, so it's just Last now, uh, not the Last Guide Company. And uh, basically kind of focusing on, again, you know, kind of curating the world and bringing things together, you know, with r very rich design. I mean, these guys have always been about design, and we'll talk more about this 
on the flip side. But uh, you know, the last company, um, you know, giving you a guide to the world and social discovery, kind of reinvented with Josh Williams. It's funny, uh, Guala was such an important part of our first, uh, you know, year. Of, yes. Uh, this week in location-based marketing, the last mention of the, of Guala for us was episode fifty-four. That's how long wow. they've been gone. Fifty-four. Wow. Anyways, following on that though, our four stories around what Facebook has announced this past week. Nearby friends, they've launched this. It's a new feature built into Facebook's mobile app uh, that allows you to see which of your friends are close by and even share your exact location with others. Sounds very familiar. The new feature uses the geolocation technology in your smartphone to determine where, uh, when you are close to one of your Facebook friends. And when it's activated, the feature will send period periodic notifications alerting you to your friends who are nearby. This looks to be the work of guys like Josh at Gowala, uh, previous acquisition, Glancy. Uh, we wrote an article on Untethered TV a long time ago called uh, Glancewala, which was basically the combination of uh, Glancy and Gowala. And uh, so Glancy and Goala have been, uh, the, you know, the prominent development teams behind this. They've been testing this feature for 18 months uh, with the company's 6,500 employees. And it's from the feedback of that test that they've actually felt confident to launch this product. It's opt-in only and only right now available in the United States. There you go. All right. Our, uh, our fifth story comes from Australia uh, and a company called Tiger Air, uh, obviously, which is an airline. And uh, they worked with their agency, McCann, uh, in Australia to come up with this uh, thing called the Infrequent Flyer Club. Welcome to the Tiger Air Infrequent Flyer Club. Beyond this door is a world of not a lot, really. This is the club for people who don't fly very often, but still really like signing up for things. You won't get points and you won't get status, but you will get to choose your own membership card color. From 70s brown to triple emerald sapphire ivory. Oh, and you've got to print the cards out yourself, so use the office printer. It's cheaper, eh? What else do you get? Knowledge. You'll be the first to know about Tiger Air's great offers to great destinations. So you'll get a seat on a plane that's going somewhere you want to go. At a price you can afford. Enter a world of infinite infrequency. Join the Tiger Air Infrequent Flyer Club today. And it's really about poking fun at uh, all the other frequent flyer programs and people like me who, uh, you know, like to enjoy all our perks that, you know, fly every single week. Uh, and this is like, let's create a club for those who don't. Um, and so it's kind of interesting. You can, um, you know, you, you basically get... Uh, you know, email marketing for discount fares. You get to uh, print off your own membership card. Uh, there's like online games. They've got like it's a full media campaign. So they've got this. Uh, they've got TV and print ads running around this. Where um, basically no frills airline. Um, they've got tiny bottles of vino. They've got a TV spot called Very Small Lounge. It's like it, it's re it's really interesting. Just really cool, and obviously, uh, you know, great, uh, great marketing and PR to uh, bring interest to uh, Tiger Air. All right, uh, our sixth story. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you, you knew this, but uh, my mother's last job at CETA, which is the uh, basically the development arm of the Canadian government here, the um, uh, was with um, line uh, landmines and mine action up here in Canada, and uh, it was a very small group, but uh, it had a profound effect on her. So this story is very close and near and dear to my heart, anyways. It's um, on April fourth, the United Nations Mine Action Service. It's called Unmass, uh, observes the International Day for Mine Awareness and Assistance in Mine Action by sharing an interactive exhibit that uses beacons and mobile to simulate what it's like to walk through a minefield. I've had conversations with my mother on the phone where she's been in a flak jacket and a helmet um, in, in Africa or in Laos or Cambodia walking through minefields. And the technology on this is so fascinating. And so this is really cool. Uh, the app is called Sweeper, but according to the Alberta Egotist, the exhibit entitled Sweeper is a multi-sensory experience that combines visual, audio, physical, mobile, and interactive install installation elements. Uh, to experience the Sweeper exhibit, if visitors need to go and download the application, you can go to getsweeper.com. And this is a one-off, one-time event 
which we'll be talking about in a few minutes. Uh, using Apple's iBeacon technology, Sweeper provides an audio tour guide and beacons to simulate the experience of walking through a minefield. It's so cool. It also uh, The exhibit also features poignant portraits of mine victims uh, by photographer Marco Grob, as well as educational and, uh, and donation resources from Unmasked. Together, this experience is designed to bring awareness to the urgent need for landmine assistance. It was put together by the brilliant brilliant freaking minds at uh, the agency critical mass high kudos for me unbelievable um you know this entire uh, awareness project unbelievable and it's unfortunate that i missed it but it was in april 4th and uh just fascinating great use yeah of amazing amazing stuff and those guys i mean these agencies i mean critical mass love these guys they're big lbma uh, member all over the world and love to see so work smart. like that's being done so <clears throat> smart just yeah it's amazing anyways all right, yeah. our uh, our seventh story is um, uh, about a project called Goodnight Lad, and uh, it, it comes from a group called Hidden Worlds. Uh, the app's called Goodnight Lad, uh, and it runs on iOS and Android. And basically, they, they've launched a um, a book. I mean, this this first book, anyways, is called Goodnight Lad itself. Um, and uh, effectively, what 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 they're doing is 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 you hold up your your phone with this this app over the pages of of the Goodnight Lad book, and the book becomes you know comes to life, three D animation, um, kind of popping out of the book, um, uh, kind of augmented reality experience. Uh, what's really interesting about this, and by the way, this is a Kickstarter project, so you can you can get on board with this. Just go to Kickstarter and and look for Goodnight Lad. But what I really like about this is there's no augmented reality markers in the book, um, you know, nothing in no code in the book or anything like that. Um, it, it's it's purely image based, uh, I guess. Um, and and so what they've done is is they've created a an SDK for anybody out there who's in the publishing space that you can you can equip your books to have the same functionality. So that's what I really like about this. I mean, obviously, it's great that you can you can get the Goodnight Lad book and you know read your kids a uh, uh, you know a bedtime story in a whole new way, uh, and kind of bring bring that story to life. You know, let alone all the dreams that come from it afterwards. But the um, you know I, I love the fact that we could take any book here and kind of you know bring a three D animation, bring you know bring new life to uh, you know to print in this way. So I mean, I, I when I saw this story, I was thinking. Oh man, all, all those all those Dickens books that I read growing up and all that stuff, like you know, being able to see this stuff and visualize it, pretty cool. Yeah, and you can go and this is a Kickstarter, so uh, go and go and check them out. Uh, just go to Kickstarter.com and search for Goodnight Lad L A D. Pretty amazing. Or you can come to the show notes at Untether.tv. This is episode one seventy eight, and you can click right through to it. That's the easy way to do it. Definitely. All right, our eighth story. Uh, see, if I have no idea that this. There was an immense popularity around a manicure art. I see a lot of pictures of uh, people doing their, uh, you know, fingernails and, you know, unique fingernail uh, printing. But I never knew where uh, the, you know, people are building intricate patterns with small gem-like stones stuck on nails. It's pretty intricate and it's pretty amazing. But this company called Takara Tomi Arts uh, has built something uh, called uh, Lumi Deco Nails. And what's so relevant to us uh, it's a micro-thin LED sticker that uses NFC to communicate with your smartphone and lights up when you receive a call or make a call or uh, use an electronic money card. So basically one of, uh, one of these things lights up when you actually receive or make a call. Uh, it goes on sale this week, if you are interested, only in Japan. It'll set you back $12 US for 16 nail stickers, and only one of which contains the LED light that connects over NFC to your phone. I had no idea. I read an article by somebody who likes to put it on their middle finger. I'm not sure why, but uh, <laughs> it's like, hey, listen, um, excuse me, but I'm, I'm on a call, okay? I'm on a call. Um, I mean, but but isn't it amazing that you can do all that, Rob? I mean, I, like I, mean, I would never use it, obviously. Um, you know, maybe my daughter will, but um, the, yes, she will. The fact the fact that you can do that for twelve dollars, I know, it's like, to have now. that amount of technology in your fingernails for twelve dollars is yeah. really interesting. And, and and by the way, this is so obviously this is Android only, yeah, um, NFC. But they have an, uh, you can actually customize, like it's got functionality where you can customize what triggers the, uh, the nail to light up. I mean, like, that's crazy for $12. That is a, it, you know, it brings this whole uh, kind of obfuscation of device. And I think that this is a big trend that we're going to start to see is that, you know, they're trying to do it with the wearable devices where, uh, what did, uh, I mean, Google and Google Glass uh, basically said that uh, it emasculates, um, 
you know, carrying, pulling out a phone emasculates you, and and having onboard or visible uh, indications are uh, are much more suited for this medium. And it, and I think that you're going to start to see that the diffusion of this uh, the device into these little things, maybe not fingernails, but something. I mean, for for young girls, maybe fingernails, um, but it's going to be something else. And we've talked about this many times. But yeah, for twelve bucks. 16 nail stickers. One of them has an NFC chip inside of it. It's an LED sticker. That's crazy. It's crazy. Pretty soon you can be able to print that from home. That's the key. Yeah, Thanks. exactly. Lumi Deco Nails. Coming, awesome. Not coming All right. right now, Our ninth soon. story. All right. It's really about a partnership between two companies. Uh, one, one, which is W-U-N-W-U-N, uh, and Get, which is uh, G-E with two T's on the end. Um, so one one, if you're not familiar with them, they're a sort of um, on-demand delivery service. They'll kind of bring anything to wherever you are, you know, food, um, food delivery, and things like that in particular. And Get is a um, black car uh, service, kind of like Uber or Lyft or any of those kinds of things. But um, these guys have teamed up, and and what they're basically doing is they're saying, look, if you're going to arrange to have a car through Get. Um, you know, why not also arrange to, you know, have some food uh, delivered to that car? So, when, you know, when your car arrives, you know, your coffee has already been delivered there or your, you know, your, your, your sandwich, um, you know, it's about saving people time, right? So that they don't have to go and, you know, pick something up before they get in the car or have the car stop somewhere along the way. You know, you can just have that all, all there ready to go. Um, so this is pretty interesting uh, that, that these guys are getting together. It kind of makes sense. We'll talk more about that on the, uh, the back end of the show in our uh, deep dives. Very cool. One, one, W-U-N-W-N dot com. All right, our last story here before we get into the uh, longer form of this is about who doesn't like this? About like a pub crawl. Although this is this decade's version of a pub crawl called a beacon crawl. It's an interactive a bar crawl in support of the bars of Lower Manhattan that were devastated by Superstorm Sandy in 2012. Uh, beacons will be installed in the participating venues and other locations along the way, guiding everybody with prompts through, uh, you know, a one-off mobile application. The event is May 20th in New York, and the app will uh, be available for download on May 2nd. I used to love pub crawls at the beginning. There's so much enthusiasm around pub crawls, right? To see if like, you know, right, like we're doing this, we're getting on a bus, we're going to go, we're going to go until the guy next to you starts puking and then it's no longer fun anymore. <laughs> so I wonder yeah. if we should also have beacons that are fixed to the drunk, drunk, drunk guy and have it like a repellent so that you should never sit beside that guy because there's always one person that ruins it, right? I think it's completely obliterated um, and not in a good way. If you'd like some more information about that, just go to beaconcrawl.com. This is brought to you by uh, Arnhammer, uh, which is a digital media and design and development company that specializes in creating branded mobile apps. And uh, I think that this is a pretty cool thing to be able to do, leverage beacons. And we'll be talking about this concept uh, at, on, the, on the flip side. And those are the 10 stories that we found the most valuable this week. Let us know what you think. Reach out to robinontether.tv or asif at the lbma.com. All right, before we do anything else, we got to talk to you about Patreon, patreon.com forward slash untether. We thank people who have actually subscribed, who become patrons. Thank you so much. And we believe in this concept of value for value. So if you find any value in the show and you come back each and every week and you're actually listening to this, whatever, 25 minutes in and you stay till the end, maybe there's a little bit of value that you do find in it. And all we're asking for is a contribution. Go to patreon.com forward slash untether. Spend what you want. We ask for a minimum of a, a dollar a month. I was about to say a million dollars a month. And we only need one of you to make it worthwhile. A dollar a month, and uh, that's the minimum that we ask. But uh, you can spend what you feel the value is. And if you can't afford it, don't worry about it. We'll still come here. We're still going to bring the news each and every week like we've done 178 consecutive weeks. But we'd appreciate a kick in the butt by going to patreon.com forward slash untether. We love those people. And Janet, if you're go. listening to this... Come on. Thank you so much for your contribution this past week. Really appreciate it. We know it's because of this show. Definitely because of this show. The other thing we want to talk about is what? We we got this little book project, right? Yeah. Rob and I have been hard at work, um, you know, recording, and Rob's been editing and writing, and lots going on. And we, we figured we've been doing this for 178 weeks. Uh, there's a lot of great content there. There's a lot of stuff we've talked about over the last three and a half years-ish. 
And uh, yeah, so let's let's put this into a book. So we're doing that. Uh, it's called People, Places, Media. And if you just go to peopleplacesmedia.com, you can sign up to get the first chapter for free. And uh, yeah, I encourage you to do that. Um, there will be lots of, you know, as this thing rolls out, yeah, you know, we're going to talk about screens. We're going to talk about augmented reality. We're going to talk about indoor location. We're going to talk about privacy issues, you know, all the stuff to do with location-based marketing and um, lots of case studies and interviews and all that kind of stuff too. Check it out, peopleplacesmedia.com. You know, 178 episodes, I just kind of think like so much has happened since the demise of Goala. Remember? And that's what we're going to, we're going to, we've encapsulated in this book. I can't wait. I can't wait for the first chapter to go because then I feel like it's substantial. Boy. It, it's real. It's yeah. real. The hardest 11 pages <clears throat> that I've ever worked on. Holy cow. PeoplePlacesMedia.com. All right. And before we jump into the, the last thing that I want to talk about is Austin Henry. Austin Henry. Austin Henry. I love you. It is our latest actual review on iTunes. This is what we do. Austin Henry said, always ahead of the pack. It's a five-star review. Thank you, Austin. He says, great podcast that focuses on providing real reporting and information. Uh, I learned something new from every podcast. And Woodbridge is a springsteen fan exclamation mark <laughs> i think that's a good thing i think it is anyway so austin henry austin thank you henry. for that review and if you guys would take a moment it's our currency as well just go to itunes or wherever you've downloaded this podcast from wherever you might be using this or streaming this from and there's an opportunity to give us a review we'd appreciate it and then let us know uh the written word is great as well as a five-star review that's it Love it. All right, our three stories. Uh, Asif, uh, and then we'll get into the resource, which is a cool little app that I'm going to uh, say that you should download, but that'll come after these uh, three stories. Our, our first one, we're going to talk about this rebirth of, I guess, in sorts, like the rebirth of the team of Gowalla. Called, they've created this company called Last.co, and and also how this dovetails into uh, Facebook Nearby Friends and the influence that Gowalla's acquisition had on Facebook Nearby Friends. But can Gowalla actually survive this? Can, can, they, can they come back? from where they were and and can these guys launch last.co you know it's hard to say at this point right because there's not a lot of information on what this i mean this is not a live product yet right it's it's a it's a team of people great people uh guys who've been in this industry know this industry well um and uh you know you don't want to bet against them but you know they they haven't really come out and said here's what the product's going to do um and and what little information has come out so far really you know when if you read it it doesn't really sound like they're they're solving any new problem uh it sounds like it's the same old stuff um now you know the challenge is you know or or you know maybe it's not so much a challenge is you know the one thing that you can see already with this is you know Josh um, you know, he's hired, uh, you know, or he's, co he's partnered with Adam Mikola, uh, who is the designer from Dropbox and, and a Facebook designer. They've hired uh, another guy uh, onto this team who's, you know, a superstar photographer. Um, you know, these guys, even the original Gowalla product, you and I talked about this way back when, Rob. Like, I mean, when you contrasted it to Foursquare at the time, you know, it was the two of them running side by side. You know, Guala was leaps and bounds ahead of Foursquare in UX and design and just beauty, right? The aesthetic was unbelievable. Um, and you can see that that's, you know, they've certainly put that focus on whatever it is that they're going to come with here. This is all about great UX and design again. But functionality-wise, who knows? Who knows where this is going to go? Well, you know, i got to think that uh, they've had this great advantage. Uh, Josh has had this great advantage because, <clears throat> I mean, they were acquired in 2011, I believe. And... and um, yeah, it was 2011. And uh, in December of 2011, they were brought into the warmth of Facebook, which is a, you know, uh, obviously not a company that is wanting for cash nor market size at this point. And they were able to spend a lot of time incubating in there and coming up with the ideas and looking at the land and, and surveying the land from a very comfortable spot, right? Whereas Foursquare was, has been forced because they, they, they probably turned down acquisition uh, offers at that time. They've been forced to change mid-flight, whereas Josh yeah. and his team have been able to kind of say, okay, where's the spot? Where's the hole? And what I wonder is, is he, did he find that hole or is he just that stubborn entrepreneur like we all are that says, this is going to work, damn it, and I'm going to make it work. And, and you know, throughout the whole time he's been in there, all he's been thinking about is making that original idea work. And I think that that's the challenge. But he's convinced some pretty important people 
that he can yeah. do this. So he's raised two point one million bucks to do it. Uh, you got freestyle capital. You got um, you know, and Greylock in in, the, in this deal. They've got individual guys like. Um, um, Dave Pete Cashmore yeah. Yeah. Um, from Asheville, Tom Conrad, Todd Jackson. I mean, some some pretty serious players lining up around this thing. Well, did I read that they had, I had Kevin Rose and uh, Jason Calacanis and Google Ventures and Dave Morin involved in that as well? Like these are, the, like, yeah. Well, I know Google Ventures is in for sure. But it's not funny that he, that he he pops out of Facebook and then it's Google Ventures that kind of backs this guy. Uh, I, I mean, Facebook should have its own fund instead of just acquiring companies. It should be doing what Google's doing. But um, and and Dave Morin obviously is the guy from he he built the interface for 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 Facebook and then he went off and did Path, uh, but you know it it just seems so it's it's so weird that they he pops out and and maybe this is the team two point one million dollars uh, a reset for these guys but uh, you know I just I think that. Th- you know, he is just determined to get this off the ground. And yeah, uh, I, I agree. I mean, I mean, if you read between the lines, I mean, here's the actual quote from him in, in one of the uh, one of the interviews. So he says, when we first built Gowalla, it was on the first smartphone the masses had access to. Location was novel and coming out of the gate. And there were a lot of people who hadn't seen anything like it before. Now, everything uses location, even the things you don't think of as being location based. Our phones now also know a lot more about us these days, including our likes, dislikes, relationship status, where we've been to and where we're going. With all that data, Last could theoretically provide much better local discovery and recommendations than what's currently available. So, I mean, if this is all about local discovery and recommendations, there's a lot of people in that space, right? Um, Like Foursquare. Like Foursquare, (laughs) like Facebook, (laughs) right? so you you know there's got to be something different here, and it, it can't just be about you know uh, you know a uh, a photo journal of your life um, by location and and you know what you're trying to figure out. So who knows? I mean, like I said, they haven't said what the functionality is going to be, but hey, he's got another shot at it. You know, and I always I I loved Goala, man. Like I loved Goala. Yeah. The original premise of Goala was way better than anything that I'd ever used, and the and the Absolutely. and the principle of it was amazing. And and uh, so I I hope that Josh is coming out here with something just freaking revolutionary that will make me want to use it. But I mean, I use Heyday, and I use all the other, these other apps that are that are now part of my life. I whatever he puts out. I'll, I will use. I will use. We absolutely, I, I will. will right? I mean, we were both huge super super yeah. fans, right? Yeah. It, it's so. I mean, Josh. I don't know if you're listening to this. If you still watch this show, I know you did uh, at one point. But if you are, you have an invitation from Rob and I to come on this show and tell us, you know, what what you want to do and where it's going, and and tell tell the audience here. There's a lot of people who watch this show now. Unbelievably lot, right? so. Yes. Unbelievably so. And this like, far down too. Tens of thousands of people watch this show every week. So. Um, anyhow, we'd love you to come on, Josh, and uh, and tell the world uh, what you're doing. And uh, uh, yeah, open invitation anytime. Means for like uh, so, Facebook also did something with this nearby friends, which is something that we've often talked about. Uh, you know, around why they're not doing it, or is this is this relevant? Um, how much of an influence do you think that Gowala actually had, or Josh and his team had on this? And I mean, I've I've heard that it's glancy as well. Um, that had an influence on 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 this launch, but why why do this now? And uh, didn't they already have this functionality in a couple of years ago? They did, right? I mean, certainly Facebook has had you know check-ins and and location sharing for some time now, but but I think this is more uh, in alignment with the recent acquisitions uh, of WhatsApp and things of that nature in terms of connecting the location sharing to the messaging pieces that uh, mm-hmm. that Facebook now has you know full control over um, and and for me I think that's a much more interesting play if you're Facebook than you know anything that Foursquare or anybody else can do right because you know this is all about communications you know with those friends right and 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 their location obviously is part of that but I think it's a different play you know, it, it's so uh, when you bring up the messaging because now they're forcing Facebook is forcing everybody to go and download their messaging app. They've extracted it right out of uh, the Facebook main app, and and they're looking at you know uh, Zuckerberg uh, came out this past week and talked about the way that they think of all of their products as individual product lists, like they, what they've done with Instagram, what they've done with WhatsApp, and what they're doing with their own messaging system. So this this really you know there's going to be that glue that ties down your location with advertising um, and and messaging that's going to bring yep. that all together. And, and this is just another a way, I think, 
for Facebook to know a little bit more about you and uh, and your circles and your friends and who you who you communicate with and who you should see on your stream on the web, right? Is that if I know yep. if you know that if Facebook knows that I spend a lot of time with Asif over this period of time at that location, then more more stories from Asif and around that location should appear when it comes to advertisement for on sure. my streams. And I think you know. If I was Facebook, I'd be looking hard too as as we roll services like this out. You know what? It, what are the sort of corporate opportunities, the advertising opportunities that, that open up around this? Because if people embrace this, if people are sharing location all the time um, on Facebook uh, and get comfortable with that, and those same people have already indicated that they like certain brands or advocates of certain brands, it creates that opportunity for those brands to then understand where those their followers, their fans are right. uh, from a from a location point of view, and draw them into the you know opportunities to actually uh, you know into their stores to to buy product and service. So so I think there's there's a logical tie in here uh, on on the corporate side as well. I, you know, I, I, uh, I really like that. And we talk about this in the book, in this first chapter around uh, this uh, earned dollar instead of advertisement, right? And I think that Facebook could get that where, where you're, you are bringing an audience to a location and the location has no idea until Facebook knocks mm -hmm. on the door and says, hey, we can drive this much, this, this much activity in your store because we're getting this kind of demand and we know who's around you. Uh, that's worth X number of dollars. And, and I, you right. know, those, that, that kind of reverse advertising it could be interesting because there's there's a master plan here and um and facebook is at the center of this it makes me wonder why josh would flee go and do his own thing maybe because it's a big company it's facebook. people yeah, yeah. oh well yeah, so we'll see. Last.co, if you want some more information about that, there's not a lot of information up there. Uh, there is a, 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 a medium post, a blog post from Josh that I will link to in the show notes as well. So you just find us at uh, untether.tv. This is episode 178, and I'll link to that as well, where it just kind of gives a brief description of what's going on. All right, uh, the second story uh, we want to cover today, or, or topic that we want to cover today, is this one-off trend. We talked about two stories here, the uh, beacon crawl, which was a fascinating uh, you know, replacement for bar crawl uh, using beacons, and the United Nations Mine Action Service that had that one-day display uh, using beacons and smartphones to simulate what it was to, uh, to be in a minefield. Uh, to walk through a minefield. And, uh, you know, I, I, we, we see this a couple of times, uh, you know, around Macy's Day, which is a recurring uh, event. And, and a, a lot of these sporting events like the, uh, like the Super Bowl, they, they create one-off, uh, multi-screen, multi-dimensional uh, campaigns that the day before is very important, but the day after, not so important. And is this a trend that we're seeing uh, around specific contextual location things like the beacon crawl and uh, even the uh, the unmasked stuff? Is it? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think it is a bit of a trend. And I think it, it's powered by the fact that, you know, this beacon technology is... Uh, so readily available now, uh, you know, fairly cheap, you know, from a cost point of view compared to putting Wi-Fi in in all these places or anything else. Um, you, you know, so it can very much be a temporal thing. You don't have to worry about, you know, r running bandwidth, you know, uh, you know, to these locations like you do with Wi-Fi and all that. I mean, it's so it makes sense, right? I mean, it, it's you can create these unique experiences. You can program these beacons to to do a whole bunch of different activities. Um, and you're going to see more and more of this, whether it's a beacon crawl or a Fabergé egg hunt across right. New York City or, right. uh, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, we're going to see more of these, these types of one-off experiences. So, you know, I, I'm not, I don't know if I, I'd necessarily call it a trend, um, but, but, but I think it's, um, you know, the, the use of, of beacons in this way maybe is a trend, but uh, in, in, we're going to see more and more of these one-off experiences uh, happen in this way. You know, it's sort of the beacons for me are like the promise of uh, what our RFID promised us years ago, but is now actually, uh, you know, much, much easier to deploy. I, I mean, I, 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 yeah, that's that's a good way of, of of putting it, and maybe not, maybe trend isn't right, but this just seems to have um, you know raised the bar, so to speak, for for this kind of event where you know you used to have like it was used to be app optional or you know uh, mobile website optional, and here's the campaign, and in order to be able to do, it. but now it seems to be for 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 these types of things where the app is central to everything else, right? <clears throat> it is the glue that holds the entire campaign together, and and in the, and for the unmasked, the United Nations Mine Action Service. Um, uh, one day event is that you couldn't have done that without the mobile application, 
right? So, uh, you know, I think that that's the greater thing that is happening is that, is that it's, it's now not cheap to do these things. It's very, very intertwined with all types of digital media. Like the unmasked stuff was basically mm -hmm. um, audio, video, mobile, uh, you know, location-based, contextual-based to push out a message. And then it actually, you know, uh, there was a follow-up communication piece to all this. It's very freaking complicated, right? And True. I think that, that is the key here is that no longer is it just slap an app up there, throw up a mobile website, hope that they work together. Now it's, you know, mobile is at the center of all of these things and it's enabled by something like location. Frig. Yeah, I agree. Somebody write that down. Wait, we're recording this. Okay, wait, wait, aren't we putting that in the book? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think I just, okay. I just right. wrote that. Uh, you know, I, I'd be interested here, like for those companies that are out there, the agencies that are listening to this, is this what you're seeing now? Is this what you're recommending? And how is that going over when you used to spend like, you know, for an event, it might be, you know, 20 or 30K tops to build a website, to, to build a marketing campaign, a small marketing campaign to do a one-off. And now we're talking probably hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, of, of man hours or women hours to be able to build this out, uh, let alone if you're doing this on behalf of a client. And, and what do they say when you drop that kind of a, you know, a, an invoice on their desk and say, you know, this is what it cost. Because uh, that would freak me out, uh, certainly for a one-day event. But uh, this is just the cost yeah, but, of business. But, but the beauty of this, Rob, is, you, you know, that cost, you know, I, I, I sort of support it in the, from the perspective of, um, you, you know, we talk all the time about the fact that for too long, you know, we, we've separated the media budgets. You know, it's been, right. oh, we're doing apps and digital stuff over here. And then over here, we're doing TV and radio and billboard and all that. And now, with even with these one-off campaigns, that stuff's coming together. It's, yeah. it's, it's one united campaign. We're using technology in this integrated way. You know, and we're using traditional media to promote it and get people engaged with it. And it's all coming together, right? Um, and, and so I like that. So do I. It's just so complicated. It used to be so easy. Build me a website. Okay. Do a mail campaign. Okay, we're done. And they were always just around marketing. It was never core to what the actual outcome of the event was. And I think that that's what the shift yeah. is here. Now, cool. now the technology is the event. Yep. It's true. Yeah. How often would we have a beer crawl as a focused story on, on a podcast like this? Right. But because they call it Beacon Crawl, it's the, it's the core. It's there. There it is. Technology. All right. That's right. I wonder if they uh, follow you when you get drunk and, uh, you know, add a GoPro camera to all of this uh, as well. And I think that this would be the greatest thing to film. There you go. All right. The last just story. Need, just need Red Bull on top of it and you're good to go. <laughs> exactly. That's for the guy that's passed out drunk, right? Give him a Red yeah. Bull. Get him back up. Get him going. Get him going. He can do it again. He can do it. Just stick your fingers down your throat. I'll tell you this story. Uh, my dad is so old school. He would kill me for telling me this. Is that he gets, you know, gets, he's 74. And uh, he's like a, like a skier and athlete. He, like he's just a he's a writer. He's an amazing uh, uh, man as well as a good great father. And uh, but he's like he's so old school. He, he's he's like we were skiing at Whiteface a couple of weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. And he said uh, you know he gets a little acid reflux. You know he's he's getting a little old, and he'd be embarrassed that I'm telling you this. Maybe not. Uh, he probably doesn't listen to this anyways. Um, and so what he, he said, he said like, uh, you know, I said, do you take anything for that dad? You know, like, uh, you know, like, I don't know, some Tums or something like that. I don't know what you take or Gavistin or whatever it is. He says, no, I usually just stick my fingers to my throat. <laughs> you know, and make myself throw up. I'm like, dad, that, that is so macho, man. Like, I don't, yeah, like, uh, that's what, that's what I do. That's the type of my father, my, my dad. There you go. It's old school. Anyway, sorry. Just made me think of that. Not the drunk guy, but just the, oh, the macho dad, right? A different generation. I'm like, no, I think there's medicine that you can use that. He's like, ah, phew, in a gondola out the window. All right. Uh, our third our third piece here is uh, is about one one and get. That is not those are not mispronunciations. Uh, one one is W U N W U N and get is G E T T. Ah, oh, man, having having like a burger delivered with my car sounds like a dream. It does, right? I, I don't know, and I don't know what it is. So, by the way, this this is only available in New York. Again, of course, like everything else here, like Beacon like Crawl, Uber Rush, yeah, Uber Rush. You know, these are all New York specific things. Um, but anyhow, if you happen to be in New York, you can you can try this out. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of it. I think this makes a ton of sense. I think we're going to see more and more of these things. You remember we talked about. Um, 
I forgot the name of the service in the UK. Like about maybe four or five weeks ago, there was a, a car delivery uh, service, yep. Yep. and they they were basically saying, "Look, you know, use our our car service, and you know, we're we're going to deliver you to the restaurant and subsidize you know the car service by you know you know getting you you know to this particular restaurant. So we're going to drive traffic to the restaurant by subsidizing the car service." Yep. You know, so these relationships of you know bringing uh, you know the the car service that needs to transport you to wherever you're going, connecting that to some sort of you know food or beverage uh, relationship partner in this case, make a ton of sense to me, right? Um, I don't know about you. I use I, I use Uber a lot, uh, you know, when I travel and uh, and I drink a lot of coffee. You know, having a coffee ready for me, you know, in the car when the car comes to pick me up, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Right, that makes sense to me. Like as opposed to having to get the guy to stop at a Starbucks or wait till I get to the airport to get a Starbucks, I can have it on my way to the airport. So civilized, um, man. So civilized, right? Um, so, so yeah. I mean, so this this makes a ton of sense to me. Um, and and we didn't get a chance to go into all the details earlier, but basically the way this works is, you uh, you book your car, and and so you link your Get account to your One One account. Uh, you book your car. You request uh, in in the um, in in your get booking in the notes you put your what your one one request is for you know the food that or beverage that you want delivered uh and then it gets delivered basically the driver you know you know has it waiting for you when when your car arrives and uh they they charge a ten dollar uh delivery charge on top of whatever your ride you know, your get ride costs uh is and it's automatically added added to your get uh to your get bill so is your i gotta say is your coffee worth twelve dollars instead of two dollars now that, I don't know. Does that change your mind about how much you want that coffee? Yeah, maybe for a coffee that's a bit pushing. Like you might be pushing well, it for well, one coffee. Think, but what do you think the threshold is there for the amount of stuff that you would have to order? Right? Like for a family of six, ten bucks makes sense. For one guy, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. No. I like no. I like it, the idea. But it depends on what it is, right? Like the, you know, they they gave the example of you know, hey, you're going out on a date tonight, and uh, you know, why don't why don't you have the flowers delivered to the car? Uh, you know, as you go to pick up your date. Okay, okay. Well, maybe if the flowers are costing me, you know, fifty, sixty bucks or whatever it is, there you go. Okay, that could make sense. Yes, I, I like. You know, I that's a great example. I just don't date anymore, right? So I, it's not a good example. But I mean, I, and I'm I'm a cheap bastard as well. So, but but I think that there is a, a spot, like there is something there that I think would would make a lot of sense. Uh, you know, it would be almost like um, if. If it was a percentage of the sale, so if he stopped into Starbucks and it was two bucks, they'd get twenty cents, right, or something, or you know, a dollar on top it seems to be a good premium, but not a flat flat fee. I think that that's going to limit the ability. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. They've limited it to three areas inside of New York, like Manhattan, Williamsburg, yeah. and, and one other. So it just doesn't. Um, Ten bucks is a little steep. Yeah, they should scale it like like the way yeah. when, when we talked about Uber Rush the other day. You know, we're talking about how they have the zone yeah. pricing, right? Yeah. You know, I, I think you know something along those lines based on the value of what it whatever it is the item is that you're being delivered because yeah. you know ten bucks on a coffee, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't, but doesn't cut it. And I, and I wonder, you know, I think that uh, the level of service you're already paying a premium for something like like an Uber, for example. And I think that you know they bring water and it's free of charge. And I think that at some point you're going to escalate that a little bit more as as you understand who I am and how many times that I use Uber and the things that I'm interested in. And I can put my preferences in there and say, like, you know, if it's an early morning pickup, just automatically bring me a cup of coffee and it's part of that whole, mm -hmm. that service layer. I, I, I like this. Just 10 bucks is too steep. 10 bucks is just too steep. Flat rate, 10 bucks, not so good. Not so good. Yeah. All right. And you know what? Maybe the last thing that they should be able to do here, they should put a menu, right? So instead of leaving it up to you and I, because yeah. that that just doesn't work, right? Yeah, here are the, here are the things available on this service. Absolutely, like don't don't yeah. leave it to the human because th then it'll be like I can get anything I want: a stuffed yeah. animal, a porcupine. Uh, you know what they should do? Like TaskRabbit, they, there was a picture that O'Malley saw that where they're they're delivering a um, an East a bunny on Easter, which is terrible. But uh, so don't do that. Say like, here are the ten items. Which would you like? Because I think that's a much more overt, much right. more. Uh, it's an easier way to sell. So hey, well, like especially, a yeah, yeah. I mean, especially, and especially if they go out and they sign, you know, sort of merchant partners. Mm -hmm. So it's like Starbucks is a partner on this. Oh, wicked! You can order your Starbucks from from one wicked. one and get it delivered to get right. You know, Subway is a partner on this. You know, uh, Flowers.com or what? You know, whatever. Like you know, these are the partners you can order from. I love um, that. Right? I love that. Yeah. We just there gave them go. too many ideas there. I know. 
We, we give a lot of stuff away for free on this show, by the way. We certainly do. Yeah. Hopefully, if you're listening to that, that, that is a brilliant idea. Holy cow. Newspapers. You could do it with everything. Hey, would you like a New York Times? Would you like it delivered with you? You know what I'm saying? Magazine, The New Yorker. You could do everything like that. It would be the greatest thing ever. Holy cow. All right. One, <laughs> one. Get it done. Yeah, one, one. Get it done. Oh, nice. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. All right, those are the three stories. Uh, We'd love to hear what your thoughts are uh, on those, if those were right. If we hit any any notes, if you got some ideas about that, reach out. You know how to find us, and uh, you know you can tweet at us at at Rob Woodbridge or at Asifar Khan. That's on the Twitter sphere there. Last thing that I want to talk about before we shut this thing down is our resource of the week. This is a great little application. It has very little to do with location, has a lot to do with context, which we talk about quite a bit here. It's called Up2. It is the newest calendaring uh, app that I am uh, fascinated with. I still, like to this day, man, I'm still, I, like I, I, I'm a calendaring freak when it comes to these kind of things, um, but I'm still using Tempo. I use Mind, M-Y-N-D, and this one I've added because it's called it's uh, called Up2. And the reason that I've added it, because I used to have applications that would have my sports teams when they were playing. And I had this little application called TV that would that we featured here that would put list all the, the television shows that I would always forget that were on. And I still do, but at least I now have a record of, of forgetting that. And then I would have to go to backstreets.com or Bruce Springsteen or any concert that I want to do or any, you know, any city that I'm in that I want to find out if there's a concert, like my hometown. Uh, who's playing tonight? Who's playing next week? Who's playing a month down the road? I have a separate application for that. And then I'd have my calendar itself. So it would be one of these massive mess up where I'd have to look to see, you know, who's, you know, what concert's playing here, over here. And then I would have to launch a calendar over here to see if I'm busy. And then, I, you know, it's just too many steps. All that, too many steps. So this great little application uh, called Up2, you go to up2.com, brings it all together. You can subscribe to the feeds of your favorite sports teams, the latest movies. You can get notified when a a movie is opening. Uh, You can get, uh, like I have it here, for example, that today, um, oh, wow, uh, Toronto uh, is leading uh, Cleveland 3 to nothing in their baseball game today. Tonight, the New York Yankees are playing Tampa Bay, and Bruce Springsteen is playing Time Warner Cable Arena. Um, and uh, that's all it is. And then tomorrow it's The Amazing Race and uh, Game of Thrones. So it all is listed here for me in one great little calendar app in, as well as uh, underneath my uh, my calendar itself. So this is an unbelievably cool little application. You can subscribe to any uh, any of your any of the feeds for the for television shows, sports, movies, uh, music, you name it. It's all in there, and it's growing this little database. Very very cool little calendaring app. So uptoo.com, uh, available on iOS. Uptoo.com. That's my resource of the week. And that, my friend, is 178. Done. Well, we can be honest here is that we started this at uh, 7.15, 7.20 this morning. And it's now uh, quarter to three in the afternoon with a little bit of a break in between because the bandwidth just sucked. So uh, we've been, yeah, we've been doing this all day, it would seem. Yeah, uh, we learned our lesson. Just like we don't like to get up early in the morning, apparently Skype and the internet don't either. They just say, screw it. We're not interested in it. So no more early shows. How's that? Late shows, fine. Early shows, yep. not good enough. All right. Uh, we will be back with 179 next week. Hopefully it will take less time to record that and even less time to edit. Um, but we hope to see you guys then. Anything else to close with us, I'm good. That is it. All right. Gonna go hope you had a good Easter. Yes. Yeah. Lots of ham, lots of turkey. And uh, we'll see you next week for episode 179. Thanks, folks, for sticking around this long, this late into the show. We'll see you next week. This acquisition follows on other analytics acquisitions, including social TV firm Bluefin Labs and real-time data company Locomatix. Local, local. (laughs) (laughs) Holy cow. I'm going to do this. (laughs) Here we go. Ah.